Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Now, live from Chicago, the Hal Sparks radio program mega worldwide. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. Hal Sparks, your comedian and multimedia personality. And I'm all out of bubble. Hal Sparks. All right, let's do this. I'm, uh, you know, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Happy Saturday. Glad you could be with us. It's fantastic. Johnny Million is with us, and he is, uh, uh, he has chosen as his on-air snack uh, a threefer, a uh, an absolute. Yeah, he's got uh, uh, those those uh, peanut butter filled pretzel bites. Yeah, which again, crunch on the air, uh, mm-hmm. slow your speech because of the gumminess of the, uh, you know, of the peanut butter inside, and then of course make you salivate with the salt and everything else. Ooh, and so that, sometimes the the peanut butter it comes falls out. out. Yes, yeah. that's right. And uh, it's a weird little mm, dry. Peanut butter bite. Oh, my God. And, then, and it's when you have to, like, kind of have that moment of, like, it's not really peanut butter. They, like, kind of dehydrate. <laughs> it really is or nothing like peanut butter. Where you're, like, really disappointed. It's like, when a, it's like when we were in high school and a combo would break open, and you're, like, it's not really cheese. It's sort of a weird powder. Uh-huh. They just kind of squeeze it. They, not, it's, that's not pizza filling in there. That's, I was expecting a, uh, you know, when they break them open on a commercial, pizza slices fly out. And it's really exactly, just. Exactly, yeah. But no, not quite. Look, Bobby Brunswick like, coming in with a super chat right out of the gate. Well, thank you. Look we at that. We love you Appreciate back, it. Bobby. And Therese, thank you as well. Thanks for supporting the show. Welcome. Uh, and uh, and thank you to our patrons, especially for helping us be here every week. Patreon.com slash Al Sparks. Uh, support indie media. We're being shadow banned. Do you think they bought it? I don't. <laughs> I love shadow band. I, I want to be shadow band. Um, so lots, lots going on. Um, obviously, there, one of the areas How's I think Mitch people McConnell? have a bit. He's got a concussion, or he had a concussion. He's recovering. Um, I, again, it's he's one of those guys where uh, I I wish him physically well. That's all okay. I'm going to say. Like I don't, I, I don't need to win a political argument because of someone's demise. Right. I consider that I, a version of losing. There's some Daily Show correspondent who had a TikTok of just him going, "Oh no, I hope he's okay." Right, right. <laughs> it's a you know, hey, it's a character building exercise. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, people are already praising your prong shirt, InfotainmentWars.com. So oh, nice. Um, lots, lots going on. The the biggest one being, and I think is, I. You know, continue to be right, as you are aware, Johnny Million. Um, and, <laughs> Almost uh, every show starts off like this. Well, it's because I am. I, you know, it, it, if if I wasn't, I would, you know, if, it, would it would be, be obvious. Awkward. Yes, yeah. that I was avoiding the conversation. But one of the things that I said when the Republicans, you know, got a couple of, I don't know, votes over margin and allowed them to take control of the House Mm-hmm. Was that these committees that they were going to form to go after weaponization of government to Jan Six and uh, Dr. Fauci were Boy, not only going go to good. be that didn't go so good at all. No, it did not go so good. Uh, but they, everybody was like, "Oh dear, they're going to oh, it's going to be terrible, and they're going to dredge up and blah 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 and attack people." Blah, blah. And I, honest to God, I, they've been a joy to watch. If you haven't had a chance to see some of them, I mean, it is popcorn viewing. It is. Uh, they, it, the arguments and the points they're hoping to make are dismantled by one follow-up question. Right. 
It's so good. It's exactly that. It's just a rake stomping stomping contest, and they're just like for plaque, for plaque, for plaque. And I because they, all of those their the fake weaponization of the government was developed inside their echo chamber with apparently no regard for fact check. Right. Nobody's pushed back on them. And and that is the danger. And I, that's why I warn people away from jargon talk. That's why I warn people away from just, you know, single sourcing your information and especially your opinions. You should multi-source. Right. Uh, you, you can single source some of your facts because if it's a fact, it really only needs one source. Thank but you. your opinions on what those facts mean sometimes as far as statistically or materially or emotionally, you can kind of see how they're affecting other people differently than yourself. That's wherein diversity would say be your strength, where you can you can go, oh, I might have heard this fact and taking it in stride, but this first person heard this fact and freaked out. So maybe I should ask them why and say, okay, well, there's a secondary impact of this particular fact that I'm not aware of. That kind of conversation. That's great. But when you single source your opinions about what things mean, you really do back yourself into a corner. And that's exactly what happened. And the, the sort of constant panic attack that Jim Jordan is having running the weaponization uh, committee is hilarious. This week, Matt Taibbi. Oh, Vickery is insane, by the way. Oh, Vickery Al Vickery, bless you so much. He's a wonderful human being, and he's the gift all around him. And, and by the way, also, um, let's see. Yeah, there we go. Robert Brunswick. And, uh, excellent. Okay, these are coming up in my feed after. You see them first. But thank you so <laughs> much, Al Vickery. There. I've been here just been having brunch. Oh, that's lovely. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're, uh, you're having, you know. Who doesn't love a good brunch? Yeah. Um, I, I guess uh, Bill Burr. But, okay. Um, <laughs> ask. Bill Burr can find a way to be upset about it. He has. He's got a bit about he's got a bit about brunch. He oh yeah, he angry, does hate brunch. I forgot right? yeah, about he has that. An angry bit about you know, um, yeah. Uh, so which is by the way, like par for the course at some point. You know, yeah. so when your when your job is to be irritated at everything, exactly. it's like and it's not not funny. Like sometimes no, it's like okay, Bill, I see what you're doing. Simmer. But, yeah, in yeah. this particular case, it's good. So um, a couple of things to cover. So Matt Taibbi and uh, Schellenberger and uh, I don't know. Barry Weiss didn't actually speak. But the, basically two of the three, the men, I guess, the, I guess that's a point, too. The men from the Twitter files were invited oh. by the Republicans to speak in front of the weaponization committee. And let me let me tell you what the result of all of the Twitter files have been to date, and will be going forward. You ready? You want to know? Ready. What, what, it's a wash. There is no governmental control, and no one was censored. They, it, Twitter oh. made up its own damn odd. WW131, thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. Um, made up its own That's damn West. mind. That's crazy yeah. West. Yeah. Um, bless you. Um, they're all. It's a, it's become a contest amongst other people, and I and it helps. So great. I, it's always yes, thank it, you. Great. We're and we are at forty eight point five k. We're headed towards fifty. Please subscribe at uh, YouTube, on Twitch, or wherever your preferred outlet is. Now, um, beyond uh, all of the Twitter files, if you read them, and I have by about the sixth 
in some cases it happens right away. But by the sixth or seventh tweet, there has to be a caveat. There's still some semblance left of journalism, I guess, underneath, um, you know, Matt Taibbi's, you know, work, job as a stenographer for a, a megalomaniacal billionaire who bought a social media platform to own the libs. Beyond that, he still has this, well, I'm going to have to put this on my Substack, and if I'm going to use Elon Musk's uh, money to build my Substack magazine, which is exactly what he's doing. It, it's called, you know what it's called, Johnny Million? Do you know what it's called? You know what the name of Matt Taibbi's um, Substack magazine is? You're going to love it. You're going to, I don't know if you don't know. Oh my God. I What's don't it know it. Um, uh, Freedom Files. Nope. Nope. Oh. It, it is called his, his paper when he was a, an expat living in Russia for somewhere like seven years. He had a magazine, a zine they did there that made fun of expats and sexually harassed women in their office. Uh, there's a big story that Chicago Reader, we've covered this before, what? that he and his fellow, yeah, he's gross. He was, they used to like, vi- they wrote vile stuff about the Russian women that was in this stuff and they would constantly, oh yeah, go look it up. It's stuff I can't share yeah. on the air, but it was called The Exile. Which, by the way, was ironic because, yeah, okay. yeah, which was uh, back then was it was ironic because they left willingly and went to live in Russia. I don't know why they felt like they were exiled. Um, by the way, if they criticized the Russian government now, they would be exiled from there if they were even allowed to leave. But here they can talk whatever crap they want, and that's fine. And that's great. That's part of being an American. It's awesome. But Mur- so that was called the exile, and he lived there for like seven, eight years. Um, from in his twenties, and uh, you know, those are the years that'll shape you. But what's his Substack called, Johnny Million? What is it called? You're gonna love it. What is it called? It's called the Racket. Oh no! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Unironically, I think he thinks he's talking about other people, but he's really <laughs> just informing on himself. It is shall be and is properly named the racket and oh, boy, the, oh, the the head reporters at the racket which by the way are Schellenberger Barry Weiss and those that that Matt Taibbi hired with the money given to him by Elon Musk to write the Twitter files from select communications delivered to a third party and then to them and nobody he we don't know if the third party is Elon Musk just getting the stuff and handing a, him a hard drive or if he you know creates this kind of like one degree of separation just for the hell of it but he gives it to another group and then they give it to them that's the theory but Taibi comes on and he said he will not quote name his source uh, yeah now um, I will. His source is Elon Musk. Now, how would I know that? I'm not. I'm not how privy to the internal. I'll, because Elon Musk bragged about it and bragged about bringing Matt Taibbi in to look over this stuff and bragged about giving him full access to employee personnel files and and personal communications without the permission of those employees after they had been let go. Um, for and by the way, not for cause. Those people were not fired because of stuff in those communications. Therefore, they were committing fraud against the company or anything. This was just their decision making in line with the company. So 
the lawsuits, one of the, here's the main reason I think why he won't quote unquote name his source right now is because there are going to be a bunch of employee lawsuits about the information given to Matt Taibbi and those guys by Elon Musk, by their, the new purchaser of Twitter. And that's illegal. That's a violation at the very least, civilly violation of their employment contract. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like, hilarious, a farce, annoying, what have you. But the the primary takeaway from the the Twitter files, both in print on the on Twitter and later, I guess, when they're side published on Substack, because that's the deal he made with Elon Musk. He's talked about it in the press. He made a deal with Elon Musk to get access to this stuff. He has to first publish the story on Twitter in these like 50 tweet threads. Then he can put it on Substack. That's the that was the arrangement. That's the agreement. That's the financially beneficial agreement that he has come up with. And, but and they have agreed to. It is his employer and an investor in the racket, which is just come on, come on, the racket. You sad, sad little people. So. When I, we got to take a break, but when we come back, I like I just needed to address that. And uh, and by the way, Plaskett is my hero, the 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 ranking member on that committee. She is just yeah, like she, I. We are all her anger. It is so good. She's yeah. just had it up to here. I just it's just glorious. And she's, I mean, like she just knows how to like needle Jim Jordan and irritate him. It's fantastic. It's just, I, 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 can we draft her for president at some point? I'm dead serious. Holy smokes. Body language when they're getting owned is so, so they're really bad at it. It's so good though. It's so nice to watch. It's popcorn. I told you, I, that's what I was right about. These would be useless to the plan that they have would absolutely kick back on them and not, move the ball forward on the, for their team at all and would end yeah. up them scoring on their own goal multiple times. And the more they do this, the worse it will get because they opened with their best stuff. We'll be back yeah. right after this. It's, it's the House Park Radio Program Mega Worldwide. Now with 100% more Johnny Million. Phil Hitler will be joining us in the second hour. Uh, oh, and, God. Uh, yeah. Check out my Malcolm Nance interview from yesterday that I did in the morning show. It was a good time. We'll be back. You're locked into the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, if I may, um, I'm, I'm showing this on the uh, on the live stream for those of you that aren't in the know. But uh, uh, Stacy Plaskett um, is oh, there, uh, there. She is. You'll recognize her. She's you know she's a rising star. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Uh, she, uh, like. Yeah, she's from the Virgin Islands, the ironically oh, wow. named Virgin Islands, and um, she, <laughs> um, I've been there, um, but <laughs> she, her on like committees. You know where Red Beach is from? <laughs> don't don't talk behind. Don't do BTS in front of everybody. <laughs> Simmer. Um, she is uh, like I, I, I'm just saying. Um, 
she, her work as the ranking member on this weaponization committee is is both how how do I put this? It is both equal parts complete competency mm-hmm. and hilarity combined. Yeah, and and that especially in contrast to the flailing garbage that passes for governing that is going on with the House GOP right now, it just makes it stand in even more stark relief. I she just, lets, like, just the right amount of attitude through. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, uh, there's this underlying how dare you insult all of us. Yeah. As she asks her questions. Uh, right. It's uh, and she and here's the thing: the reason it works is because she's right. She's not doing this. She's not. She like Matt Gates and Jim Jordan will take it personally. They will snowflake the hell out of these meetings and yep. feel like my our witnesses are being attacked because yeah, their yeah. their lack of ethics is being called into question as part of the opening <laughs> statements. <laughs> their right? lack of ethics is being called into question. Right. I, mean, I oh, can't dear. believe they're calling out these people on the fact that they have no moral standing. Right, exactly. How dare they, you know? And and the pearl clutching going on from Gates and Jordan and, and uh, the dude from Alabama that's one of the, you know, he's their, like, middle manager who's trying to give them some, you know, he looks like a stable normal person, but he has the same stupid questions that Matt Gates does, except he doesn't have kind of like that smarm accent, which I don't know where that comes from. What part of the country is the kind of like, uh, 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 exactly. I don't know that. Uh, excuse me. Uh, that kind of weird Matt Gates uh, uh, accent thing that he does. That's not the panhandle where he's from. Maybe it's just what happens when you grow up a second generation politician in an area where your rich dad kind of owns the place. And you and live motivated in a- just by like teenage 80s villains from rom coms. Right, exactly, and you pluck your eyebrows to make sure that they, you know, conform to that to to cartoon versions of that. Um, but, but, you know, perhaps allegedly, allegedly. Um, but I, I maybe that's affluenza. Maybe that's one of the effects of affluenza. Oh, I maybe forgot you get about a, affluenza. That was amazing. Right, maybe, yeah, right. Maybe, yeah, it's uh, maybe affluenza. Get, and somebody popped into the chat right there. It's affluenza. Like right as we were saying that, it's great. Nice. Um, it's called privilege. I don't know because I know a lot of privileged people. People who have lived. With privilege in their life, like the dude who was the heir to the Baskin Robbins fortune, who became a vegan and gave away all the money because he didn't like what how cows are treated when milk and ice cream are made. Like that guy, I I mean, compare that that guy guy is walking the walk. Yes, exactly. Compare that to Tucker Carlson, who lived in total privilege. Um, um, And one of the privileges that Tucker Carlson had, which is my favorite, (laughs) I love one of my favorite. Tucker Carlson's privilege is that he had the privilege of at one point, and I don't know if you know this, Johnny, Mayne, of calling Hunter Biden and asking oh, yeah. for help getting his kid into a private school yep. where he needed a recommendation sure. from a dude that he has nonstop called a crackhead traitor. Yeah, that that's privilege right there. When you have the privilege of calling a, a crackhead traitor, you know, personally, and asking that crackhead trader apparently to help you get, help your kid get into a private school that's amazing can we just revel in how absurd that is for a second yeah. uh so yeah so i think um maybe there's a 
oxygen cutoff to the brain aspect of affluenza <laughs> that affected Matt Gates and gave him that accent. We'll just go with that as part I of it. I did now, see one comment saying that it was like a prep boy accent. Oh, totally. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 you know. Like and when Philip Seymour Hoffman debuted and he was always like the jerky guy in um, in the in his early movies. Um, mm-hmm. Was it like uh, Good Will Hunting? Yeah. Yes. I'm kidding, because Twister, he's like the most down-to-earth human being. He's like totally alive on screen. And he's just so personal in that. He's the only person alive in that whole movie. Everybody's doing a good job acting. And he's being a great job being. He's reacting. Yes, he is. He's present. And it's beautiful to watch. And he's having... And just him saying the word food is... It's art. Just watch him. You know, Lisa hasn't seen Twister yet, so I think I, I need oh, to... Oh, you gotta, you gotta introduce I got to, to show Lisa Jurassic Park for the first time a few months ago. Wow, did she stand up in the in the Jeep, like at the drive-in, and lower her glasses when the... <laughs> exactly. What was funny is that she played catch-up with every meme that has come out of that movie. Right. She's like, now she oh, gets it. that's where that comes from. Like, every Jeff right. Goldblum line... Right, yeah, him, him, shirtless, you know, gigantic, the big pile of poop, the uh, his uh, <laughs> laugh that he does All the at chaos one point. Theory stuff. Yeah, uh, that's uh, uh, chaos theory. Um, Life mm, uh, mm, finds a way. Uh, finds a way. Now you, they find. Now you package it. Now you want to package it. Anyways, um, so um, you sell it. So, um, I mean, a great lesson in science gone too far. Without, by the way venturing into 1950s um, science panic which it you know you can everybody thinks everything's new I love when people this is a side note and we got to take a break in a minute but Johnny Million one of my things is when when new people introduce themselves to new concepts that have been around and around and around during our lifetime so many times that they think they've invented the question and invented the solution that already showed up they used it's to be like beautiful. David Letterman's shtick. He'd be like, oh, what's this new thing they got? Uh, and then he'd just like fill in the yeah, blank right. with something that everybody knows. That, right. That's coming back again. Like, and and a, a, we'll see a lot of that in the, the a new study stories. You know, with like, butter's great for you. Butter's terrible. Butter's great. Uh-huh. Butter's terrible. Eggs are great. Eggs are terrible. Chocolate. You know, chocolate. Eggs are terrible. Eggs with chocolate on them are great. <laughs> like, it's just this random yo-yo of information. Um, anyways, I love the, butter, the, what, by the way. I just need to put that out there. I love it's a, butter. It, yeah. Um, I, I saw, I'll send you a video that I saw a while back. It's called Butter Makes Your Pants Fall Off. It's a, uh, it's. Okay. It, yeah, you'll enjoy it. Um, I'm willing anyways, to take that chance. Yes, you are. I, I, I'm, and, and, and I think it's a, it's a terrible idea for an OnlyFans, but it's probably a big moneymaker. The, <laughs> uh, but it might be okay for my Twitch. Now I got to. Now what I was going to talk about has to wait until after the break. We'll be back right Damn after it. this. is the Sparks Radio Program. Darn you, butter. We'll be back right after this. It's the Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Ron Filipowski will be on my morning show on Monday. And Philip Bittner is going to be in the second hour today. We'll be back right after this. Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Uh, but, you know, during the breaks, we talk about, uh, you know, me being naked. Thanks, Johnny Million. It's a good conversation. Right. And we can uh, it's, a, it's a Yes, and we can right. It's a sight to see. Um, right. 
uh, weeping rashes technically was what I came true. up as a conversation. Yeah, so I think there's an important distinction there. Yeah, I mean, come right. on, you know what I mean? Um, I keep now I'm having like LA story flashbacks. Uh, you know, <laughs> oh wow! When he couldn't get a reservation at the at, at uh, Lidio, and he decides to take her to Sp- Palm Springs instead. You know, I went down to Lidio and the shit. I went to look around and the chef had this big open sore on his lip. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So, <laughs> um, because they had to like look at his credit history to get a reservation. It's so LA. Uh, still is, wow. by the way. And it's becoming more so. I would like to say that, you know, one of the ways that you guarantee that waves come back around. Uh, is to over is overdo it on trendages that exist in the you know the current day whatever the current thing is if you double dip and and just go all in like this is it life is forever changed we're gonna that you know uh, uh, the best example I can give is no one's gonna get together in a big group ever again and our handshakes are over remember that when uh, yep. remember in, in the like maybe August of 2020. That was when I first I recognized seeing that sort of handshake handshake handcakes handshakes are done handcakes are delicious mm-hmm. uh, they're a little hot to make but whatever you'll burn your hand in the <laughs> oven but uh, hand, yeah handshakes are done nobody's ever going to shake hands again because they're nasty and gross and nobody ever we're all going to be Howie Mandel from now on we're all Roseanne Barr you know we're all isn't Howie Mandel not even Howie Mandel anymore didn't he get over what do you mean? it. Uh, do you stop doing it? You mean? Yeah, yeah. I think some of his OCD has has chilled. I think he saw a therapist. I uh, I hope so. I, yeah. I that's a beautiful that's an thing exhausting that can, way to live. Oh my god! Because the and and the, and it's also dangerous because the world is full of germs that you have to integrate with. You cannot avoid them. So to yeah. some degree, and I think that's one of the lessons of the the measured approach about um, you know COVID that we had. You know, that's why you're, you know, you're cautious, but you also have to manage your expectations and your safety levels because you can overcorrect and be damaging. And that's been and what we're having right now is this like the polar sides of a conversation, ping ponging reality as if it can land on either side when, you know, when you're crunching, aren't you? You're about to (laughs) be trying not to. And while I was talking, he slipped one of those. Go ahead. There it is. Get it out of the way. <laughs> That's good. You have thick cheeks, my friend. Um, <laughs> I've, I've often heard that said about you. Um, <laughs> so um, the drink of water was louder. Okay, so a couple of things. One was uh, that, you know, at, at a certain point, you would think, much like the the panic attack around the committees that the Republicans were going to do, the tooth grind, the freak out that was happening that, you know, amongst my uh, my liberal and progressive friends who were like, oh, no, no work will get done. They will destroy the country because they will be and they will torment poor Hunter Biden and bring him before the committee and tell terrible tales and spend others will look terrible, but they'll be full of lies and they'll convince a bunch of people that weren't already convinced that Joe Biden, you know, is not really president. And Trump still is. And, and then there'll be a January 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th. And that was the big, you know, screaming fit that happened right after in its own various forms. And I said at the time that they're going to uh, wreck themselves before they check themselves, as it were. (laughs) And that is exactly what 
is happening. The same thing is true of a couple of stories that came out this week. One is the the bank runs. Did you hear about the Silicon Valley Bank, Johnny Million? Mm-hmm. Have you heard any of that? No. Exactly. Well, that's because uh, it's not as big as people who want it to be big think it is. Um, Silicon Valley Bank uh, is basically shutting down as a bank. There was, uh, like, investors who had their money in it started pulling their money out by the millions uh, because of mismanagement by the people who were, you know, loaning out the money and the like. And the idea was that this st- I literally saw YouTube videos, right-wing YouTube videos, blaming Joe Biden for bank runs in the United States economy. So this is it. This is the bellwether. This is the day. It all comes crumbling down because of the policies of Joe Biden. Now, what policies would those be, Johnny Million, that would stop, that would that would bring down a bank like the Silicon Valley Bank? It's certainly not the CHIPS Act, I guess, <laughs> right? Uh... If, if, there, if, if the Biden administration is hell-bent on opening up nine new chip manufacturing plants and building technology here at home, clearly there's not a, an attack from Washington on, on the Silicon Valley Bank. What could possibly – what aligned with uh, the digital world has had a major collapse in the last 12 months that made headlines and – Anything, Johnny? Do you remember the big technological? Uh, well, I guess that's that fair point. But financially, mm-hmm. FTX, the uh, you know the big crypto scam that went down. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and they love themselves some three letter, you know, FTX and SVB and L- MLS, whatever the guy's nickname was. Elemental the guy P. ran FTX. Uh, yeah, Elemental P. Um, yeah, the crypto crash exactly. Bitcoin is is below twenty k. It was above. It was headed. They were like crypto to the moon. Crypto is going to be worth. Bitcoin's going to be worth a million dollars one day. That was the story, and not just going to be any day now. It was somebody was going to wake up. Some big whale was going to wake up and realize this is the future. Put all their money in crypto, and then they were just going to ride the wave. They were just going to let it pull them like Rudolph into the sunset, right? And uh, not so much. Obviously, um, regulation and management of a currency is a good idea, lest uh, criminals and ne'er-do-wells run off with your nest egg. And in the case of Bitcoin, the primary use of Bitcoin, besides a place to park money, while it, I guess, grows magically is the theory, by a bunch of, you know, the the sort of crypto crowd on Twitter and and the like, which, by the way, was part of the big kind of like psychological dosing of, uh, you know, of financial LSD that Elon Musk was on when he dreamt up buying Twitter, because the idea was is that Twitter would be his his place, would, which he would turn long term into a marketplace where, like FTX, you would not buy and sell things on Twitter using U.S. currency or any other currency, you would buy a crypto, you would buy stuff based on that crypto, The crypt- then you would have to uh, sell that crypto to get your money out of it. And so the idea was it would be the reserve currency. Dogecoin, which was, if you'll recall, the pump and dump scheme that Elon Musk was engaged in of, uh, you know, of the cryptos. He was convinced that this was, you know, Doge to the moon. That makes me crazy. Ooh, yeah, it's stupid. So... But he was going to make 
Doge, the reserve currency of Twitter, for all the financial interactions that happen on Twitter. And there's an argument that his, uh, I guess, subscribers who subscribe to Twitter Blue or get verified or put money into Twitter for any of the services that they're going to offer in the future, he very well may be doing that at some point without your permission. Effectively, turning every like you click the terms of service and in one of the paragraphs is hey when you buy something on twitter you pay eight bucks you're not really paying eight bucks for this you're paying eight bucks to buy some doge and then the doge is actually what finances you your membership and Mm -hmm. if and at some point you're going to need to give them notice you want to cancel for example like you'll have to pay for an extra month and in that You'll get paid in Doge. And if it's gone up, you'll make some money. If it's gone down, you'll lose some money. But but he'll make money no matter where it goes because it's effectively his driver currency. That was kind of the idea. And he was high on that idea at the beginning of buy Twitter, right? And that's why he was convincing Saudis and other people to buy into this scheme because they were looking at the exact same thing. And they're in the, the Bitcoin business on a big front because the – I would argue – There are three main audiences for cryptocurrencies. Arms dealers, drug dealers, and human traffickers. That is your root audience of crypto. Um, Why is that, Hal? uh, Because uh, I guess those would be the three biggest, like, constant transactions you would want to hide from yes. law enforcement and the pop- yep. populace in general in general now there is a an underlying small buttery layer of individuals who look at crypto and say hmm i'm a youth pastor in utah it would be bad if people knew that i was paying for a pornhub subscription because it showed up on my credit card so wouldn't it be nice if i could moralize while hiding my immoral behavior in, behind a paywall. Sure. And that that was the part that dragged a lot of people in. And this idea that governments can't control what you're going to you know, buy and sell really is about criminal activity or a moral activity that will get you busted. If people knew you were paying for this or they one time somebody you get sued or you get, you know, you go through a custody battle or you go through some sort of financial that you could declare bankruptcy at some point and they go through your financial records and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah this, these are uh, there's a lot of weird transactions to this, uh, you know, this like cash app from uh, this esthetician lady who works out of a hotel room, you know, like whatever, that kind of stuff attracts the Matt Gateses of the world yeah. to crypto. And that's why they clamor around it. It is one of the reasons why uh, FTS or whatever his name was, the guy who, Brian Bankman Sneed, whatever, uh, he was uh, the guy who's going to jail, um, uh, why he was donating to Democrats, but not to Republicans. Because the Republicans were already on board. The, the, no, no one in the crypto space needed to lobby Republicans because they already understood the appeal. They already, oh, I, I can yeah, they're already do on my, board. They're like, yeah, that's yeah. how I hide my money. That's right. I could do my Christian conservative thing, and then I can buy and sell, you know, I can pay, you know, for my shenanigans, whatever they are, in Bitcoin, 
and nobody's the wiser. I'll use WhatsApp to coordinate it, and I'll use Bitcoin to pay for it. Junior and Jared and all that crowd were using WhatsApp for the exact same reason. Bitcoin is the WhatsApp of financial transactions. The idea is untraceable. Well, what happened? Turned out that it's not untraceable, that it Uh sits in these exchanges for a few minutes, even though it's credited to your account, it sits in this exchange before it's dumped over. And and um, law enforcement all over the world has been able to, like, kind of snatch back funds from fraudsters and ransomware groups and all that kind of stuff. The, the Biden administration put together their ransomware group, and they just snatched Bitcoin out of these guys' accounts. And suddenly... All these folks woke up to the ideas that, hey, maybe this isn't so secret. Maybe I was, you know, maybe I was buying the, you know, the safety aspect of this too much. And that's when it started to go down. Once it started to go down, all the financial uh, systems based on the optimism of the future of this started to collapse with it. All these rich, you know, these guys who were like, have fun being poor to everybody on Twitter started just losing their houses, losing their cars, getting in trouble, you know, you know, not not having the money to pay off the cops and the people that you were doing to just kind of bribe people because you had this extra cash. You were it was floating around like Wolf of Wall Street. And Andrew Tate ends up not being able to, you know, shovel bits of cash to these Romanian cops that he was buying off so they wouldn't recognize that he was doing a human trafficking endeavor in his apartment building that he owned a floor of or wherever whatever the system he had going on there and that money dries up and suddenly your bribes dry up and then they start coming for you there is a huge tie between the collapse of crypto and silicon valley bank because a lot of that you know dive in we're going to pay for this we're going to make so much money on these apps that float crypto that are you know this is going to be a whole substructure of financial stuff that's going on Beyond the dollar, beyond the the yuan, beyond the yen, the uh, the the rupee and the ruble, and will be our own kind of space currency. Peter Thiel was all in on this. All the people who were buying PayPal, like they have, they all of them had millions in SVB in in the Silicon Valley Bank, and they all pulled it out in a big hurry because they were the people at the top of that were mismanaging it. Well, how were they mismanaging it? One of the ways they were doing it. They were going, oh, my God, look how much money you can make in crypto. It's going to the moon. And then it collapsed. And they couldn't pay stuff back. And then they freaked out. And then they sold their stock because they knew it was coming. And then people around them on the uppers knew that they were selling their stock, and they got their money out. And then the suckers were left holding the bag. Yeah. That's what this is about. This is not about monetary policy. This is not to do with the U.S. dollar. This has nothing to do with inflation or the rise of interest rates and mortgage loans or anything. This is fallout from the crypto delusion. And it won't be the last. We'll be back right after this. It's the House Park Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. This is Damian Perdue of Think Theory Radio, Saturdays at 6 p.m. You're listening to House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Ah, uh, I thought there was going to be like a new one every break. I was so excited. You want more, Hal? We'll give you more. House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide on Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCBT 820. Hoo-yah! 
I hope that clarified some of the stories that's coming up. And you're going to see a rolling effect of that over the next little bit. And keep an eye out for it. The other thing, too, is that egg prices are expected to drop 30% in the next, uh, they, I've, I've just, seen next year. but next, I just bought a dozen eggs for 233 on Sunday. Yeah, I just bought 18 eggs in one of those big row things, mm-hmm. you know, because I eat them, I drink them raw, you know, that because uh, my girlfriend's a big just like some hockey fan. Stallone. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, no. I, I don't let it run down my face, wipe my mouth like this, put the glass back up on the top of the fridge, and then go running. Because, um, like, I'll, I'll, all I then, can think of— Then that would just be—that's a little—that's more than a tribute. Well, I, well, I would also say that um, my uh, summer would kill me. If there's a nasty egg glass sitting on top of the—my yeah. girlfriend would go like, what is that? It's a crusty egg that, glass sitting on top of— I could smell that from the hallway. Yes. Um— and by the way, uh, for the most part, if they're fresh, uh, eggs, when you drink them like that, have no flavor whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I'll put a little dash of salt in there, and it's, uh, it's easy going. It's not a big deal. Right, it really yeah. isn't. Yeah. If they if they have a lot of flavor to them, you probably should have just cooked them a couple days ago. But um, if they're fresh, anyways, eight, it, it was like 8 bucks for 18 eggs. And these were like the fancy schmancy eggs, the organic, you know, uh, like happy acres, you know. Where they got this, like, uh, you know, this chicken on the front of it going, please eat my children. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and <laughs> um, it's like the old Carlin thing. Why is it uh, when us and when it's us, it's an abortion. And when it's a chicken, it's an omelet. Um, that was the <laughs> like. Uh, but but yeah, the pro- like the other thing I noticed and you'll notice probably if you go to the store a lot is that there might have been like a big gap in the egg. Aisle. Like, do you notice that there were very few eggs for a while, and now oh, it's yeah. starting to fill up like crazy? And eggs, I don't know if you know this, Johnny Million, um, spoil. It's one of the things you can find out the hard way. Um, yeah. yeah. And so once they start moving, eggs, you know, interestingly enough, financially speaking, and why they're a commodity of such measure, and the consumption of them is so high, is that eggs are a lot like oil in terms of once you turn the spigot on, Turning it off is near impossible, and you don't have a lot of secondary options. You can't, you know, oil doesn't spoil, obviously, but if you stop Ooh, the pipeline. I like that. I'm Hal Sparks. Oil, oil doesn't, doesn't spoil. spoil. Right, because, it, well, it's pre-spoiled, I guess. But anyways, the um, if you try to, you know, if you throttle the output of an oil well, it can get backed up, it can start gumming up, and then it becomes, you know, you, you have to re-drill it altogether. It's terrible. And so that's why Russia's having so much trouble. When they shut down, when they say we're not producing 650,000 barrels of oil, which, by the way, if you'll notice, they did that already. It's March. They did that at the beginning of March. Uh, has not affected the price of oil worldwide at all. Mm-mm. If anything, it's gone down. You know, it's fluctuating around the, you know, 78 to 72 zone, um, which is a sweet spot for companies and a sweet spot for consumers, apparently. It'll continue to go down. But they're, you know, if they're throttling that, I think, because they don't have the capacity they say they have. It's like the Saudis. The Saudis are actually oil poor. One of the reasons why, and we'll talk about the Iranian uh, um, Saudi China broker deal, which, by the way, the Iraqis brokered. Does anybody know that? Did you hear about the Iran-Saudi Arabia deal that China supposedly brokered? It was kind of in the news yesterday. And everybody's like, look at China, the big peacemaker in the world. Finally, Iran and Saudi Arabia, after all these years coming together. Well, they're just going back to the standard they had when Trump took office, which was in 2016. They're just going back to having embassies 
and uh, and ambassadors' offices. Whether they'll have ambassadors in the country or not is another thing. The Iranians gave no promise that the that they would stop their Yemeni proxies, the Houthis, from attacking Saudi Arabia in this deal. So it's effectively PR. Um, and that, also, that actually goes back to the hearings that you were talking about because a lot of the um, the smoking guns that the Republicans think they have occurred during the Trump administration. Oh yeah, absolutely. The breakup of you know the the lack of um, those ambassadorships happened right when Trump was elected because they were like, yeah. okay, it's going to be you know Trump's going to be hell on everybody and and he's going to like the Saudis more, which he absolutely did. The Iranians sure. were aware of the fact that that uh, well, Trump was, was that playing the globe, favorites. The globe hugging picture was that with the oh, Saudis? Oh yeah, the big uh, yes, the big Illuminati uh, <laughs> picture, which like they completely like lost on. Like I mean, if you were coming up with a conspiracy theory that was just lunacy. There's no better than just the, like world leaders with their hands on a glowing oh my orb. Oh, God. It writes right? itself. It's imagine, like if you brought that to Hollywood, imagine, they'd be like, yeah, I don't think so. You imagine Obama and, you know, and, and uh, like whatever, MBS and some other leader like touching this like glowing, you know, orange sun-like object in the room or all they ate the same from the same stem of grapes they're like i knew it you know much less like laying on hands like this giant round ouija board moment is so odd anyways i mean the hypocrisy of conspiratorial stuff look at the number of times trump makes the little like illuminati hand gesture that apparently (laughs) when obama did it was a sign that he was worshiping baphomet but when trump does it he's just nervous and doesn't know what to do with his with his hands whatever we got a pretty good troll in the chat well that's good you know we're i that imagine i imagine that comes up and it's good because we like trolls because they help us in the algorithm in ways that other people don't thank you brian i yeah i appreciate it um uh, it bumps us up. It, we will show up in there. People who watched what he watched or she watched. Also, I'm going to go with she, Bryce. Yeah. Um, like Bryce Douglas Howard or whatever the – isn't there somebody? In oh, the, yeah. Bryce Dallas. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I'll go with – it's a woman. And um, just for the – if I'm misgendering you, uh, you don't think that's a thing anyway. So we're fine. Um, right. Anyway, so <laughs> – If I'm right. misgendering you, come at me, bro. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, – <laughs> But yeah, in the algorithm, you never never complain about trolls because they we will show up in there. People who watch what they watch also watch this, and then I show yep. up, and they're like, "What the hell?" Um, so uh, where were we? Oh yes, so um, beyond the, like that deal, the the Iran Saudi Arabia China broker deal. Uh, uh, as as Biden would say, "Good luck in your senior year." There was an article in Bloomberg where it literally ended with. Good luck with that. <laughs> like, they literally just yeah. said it at the end. Like, there is no measurable difference. They're just going back to where they were in 2016. Um, there are a lot of those things where people are like, aha, this is the turning point. And I would like to r- remind everybody, be wary of uh, the threat of revolution everywhere. Because I, I, as as much as our hyper-left friends and our radical right run up the steps and stomp a cop maggots uh, will be upset at this. Um, Revolutions do not, most of the time, result in positive changes. Uh They... Unless the because the revolution, for example, the U.S. revolution, you know, where we fought and got our separation from England, the revolution in America was not the war itself. The revolution was the thought form that we can govern ourselves, taxation with representation, democracy, 
a, a constitutional republic based on common rights and 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 rights that are not based on some sort of magic family saying we're the we're the god family we live in the castle and we'll tell you what's good it was a whole that was the revolution in america the war was fought to keep the revolution from being stopped and a lot of people will think of sort of the the big explosive part of you know as the revolution part and it ain't and as a matter of fact if you fight a physical revolution on a battlefield you're already winning you can get blowback and turn the tide of humanity against you um, and there are myriad examples in history. So I would warn people off that. This is sort of a side note again. Um, that said, Philip Bittner is going to be joining us uh, in, in the next hour to talk about Ukraine and the fact that um, uh, Russia in their war of choice right now, um, apparently we're going to take Bakhmut. Here it was. They're going to take it any second out. They're going to take it or whatever. And then the Wagner Group just decided to do an operational pause. Coincidentally, after they being supplied with ammunition by the Russian Ooh. leaders because Prigozhin complained about not getting enough ammunition, and now they're hunting each other. All right, and th- there's, uh, there's something happening in the chat where uh, they think that you need a pet rooster. I do? I am a rooster <laughs> in, in the Chinese uh, lore, right? I'm a, you know, so are you. Yeah, ditto. Yeah, yeah, yep. So anyways... We got plenty of rooster going around here. Yeah, we do. Not using the other word. We'll <laughs> get bumped up here. We'll be back. Come at me, <laughs> rooster. <laughs> what do you do? We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. I've had people walk out of me before, but not when I was being so charming. Video streaming at HalSparks.com. I don't care for you if it'll keep it like you're trowling out. Damn, us faithful pimpstick. True progressive talk. Might be a good time for you guys to give up. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for sticking in with us every Saturday. Joining us right now is Philip Itner, um, who is uh, pretty, uh, how far are you, 20 kilometers from uh, About Bakhmut? About 20 kilometers right from the front lines in Bakhmut, yeah, in a town right. called Slovyansk. Yeah, and um, and Johnny Million is still with us. He's going to be farming questions from the chat group at uh, twitch.tv slash Sparks. And then, uh, of course, infotainmentwars.com and from our Facebook page um, for Philip while he's there. But uh, I guess, I mean, that in and of itself is a is a big piece of information, just the fact that you're as close as you are to Bakhmut. So give us the update from your, like, how'd you end well, up like, heading there right now? Well, I, I, drove out, I drove out yesterday. It's about a, an eight-hour drive, give or take. Mm-hmm. Uh, from uh, Kiev, yeah, about eight hours, mm-hmm. uh, and got into Donbass, uh, got to Slovyansk, checked into our hotel, uh, and then uh, this morning woke up uh, pretty early in the morning and drove as close as we could get to the front lines. We got to a town called Chasiv uh, Yar. Chasiv Yar is about five kilometers away from the front line, so we could hear the the small arms fire. We had incoming artillery rounds. We had outgoing Ukrainian uh, artillery rounds, which it, it has to be mentioned, uh, vastly outnumbered the incoming. So the the Ukrainians were firing a lot more at the Russians with artillery than the Russians were able to respond. And we do know that there's an ammunition issue. Mm-hmm. 
on both sides of the equation. But uh, from today's anecdotal evidence, it seems the Russians are, are suffering from a lack of artillery rounds far more than the, than the Ukrainians are. We saw a lot of armor. We saw a lot of um, uh, top-of-the-line Ukrainian soldiers, uh, combat-experienced veteran soldiers. They're, um, they're, I would say they're top 10%. Uh, of their military was uh, we saw a couple of different units from a couple of different uh, uh, companies and uh, regiments and what have you uh, divisions. Um, and uh, the overall atmosphere was there was no panic. There was no uh, anxiety. There was no, uh, you know, undue stress. Uh, it just does stress. seem as though they are prepared. Right. Undue stress. I mean, there was though they, you know, they were they're in a war zone and shells are coming yeah. in. So, you know, there's there's that, but there was no sense of like, uh, you know, uh, panic or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like uh, it's, it certainly wasn't any kind of route or right. um, you know uncontrolled retreat. They were setting up defensive lines. So even if even if Bakhmut, does, I contend, having seen what I saw today is even if Bakhmut falls, it will not be a breakout. It will not – the, the Russians will not break out of Bakhmut and come flooding west, certainly. Now, right. there are routes going north and south as well, and, and uh, uh, Chesiv Yar is the next town after Bakhmut on the roadway uh, heading west. So the Russians will have to go through Chesiv Yar next, and it's taken them months to go through Bakhmut. So, you know, the setting right. up defensive lines in Chasiv Yar just means that they break out the Bakhmut and they go five kilometers and then they run into another wall of Ukrainians and mm-hmm. um, there will be more dead rinse Russians. Uh, yeah, rinse and repeat. Exactly. Um, yeah. They were they were well, well fed. They're getting paid on time. There's there was no there was no. You know, there was no bad. I mean, they were a little kind of, oh, God, here comes the journalists. So, you know, we're going to get pestered by journalists. That was that was the most negative emotion I ran into today. Um, Right. uh, Yeah, it's, you know, now, having said that, the 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 citizens of this town, uh, Chasif Yar, uh, we saw at least two families that were getting out of town because they were like, Mm -hmm. if the war comes here next. We don't want anything yeah. to do with it, and we're already starting to get shelled more than we used to, so we're out of here. Um, and yeah, we did get we got uh, I got in in the I'd say three hours we were in the area, uh, two two to three hours we were in the area. Uh, mm-hmm. We got two incoming rounds from the Russian side of things. Mm-hmm. The the outgoing rounds coming from our, our Ukrainian artillery was almost constant. It was every three, four, five minutes around with we'd hear a round go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, the, the Ukrainians are pelting the Russians and the Russians are not responding, at least not in, in that town. And that's a, it's an important town because it's, it's the staging area for Bakhmut. It's a, it's now becoming a defensive position. So, you know, it's, it, it would be yeah. a viable target for the Russians. And we didn't, we didn't get hardly anything. We heard a lot of small arms fire. We saw some tanks maneuvering around. We saw lots of infantry fighting vehicles. Uh, the town is deeply damaged. There's been clearly some heavy shelling. But, you know, it's good to get up to the front and, and get a taste of things and see what the atmosphere is like. Um, because otherwise, you, you know, it's, there's no substitute 
for actually being on the line, which is why I continue to have my issues with those who just regurgitate Kremlin talking points, because as I say, there's just no substitute for, for physically being here and talking to people and, and knowing what's happening here because um, you know, otherwise you're subject to somebody else's narrative and you're just regurgitating stuff. So all well, those it's like guys an evil version say, of telephone where no matter what's right. said on the other end of the line, you've already made up your mind what they said, which is – I exactly. mean that's, that's effectively what the tankies and the Ritters of the world are actually doing. They've already decided that this – whatever news comes down the line means Russia's winning. And yeah. they're – you know, and that's that. Um, the uh, the Guardian is reporting from just you know 11 hours ago about the – you know. I'm not quite sure what the timing is of that. Uh, Bakhmut has become, quote, a killing zone. And that um, one of the things about the operational pause of the Wagner group, which, again, highly debatable, the the meaning behind that. And, you know, there's no way of really knowing. And there's so much mucky stuff between them and the Russian government right now that it could be a myriad of things. But the idea that they would pause as this was happening when they were supposedly right on the brink of taking the place is really curious. Um, uh, but, but that well, and that's, just, an, that's another yeah. thing. And that's another thing I learned from talking to Ukrainian soldiers today is that they're, that, yeah. that, that they were eyewitnesses. And so, okay, yes, I am one step removed, but these Ukrainian soldiers were telling us that, you know, they're just, the, the, they're slaughtering Russians. They're just slaughtering them. Um, yeah. and whether or not that's Wagner guys, it's mo- probably was Wagner guys, um, that they're, they're just, disproportionately um, the casualties are on the Russian side, not on the Ukrainian side. Uh, So, Mm. you know, it's, they have decided that Bakhmut is the place they want to take. And, and while the Ukrainians may start some sort of strategic retreat, you know, withdrawal, I don't want to say retreat, but uh, essentially a retreat um, Mm. to, to this secondary line of, of defense in this, in this town I was in today, um, mm-hmm. They're going to make the Russians pay for it with every inch, you know, every inch they're making them right. pay for it. And it's as many people as the Russians ha- have, and they, you know, they have hundreds of thousands of people that they can call up. It's not, you know, uh, it, it's not limitless. And, you know, there, there's going to come a time when when either they really do run out of people or public opinion turns against them. But from what I, I was hearing from Ukrainian soldiers out out on the front lines today, um, who were not in any way, uh, you know, uh, you know, they weren't scared. They weren't, they weren't running. They were preparing mm-hmm. to kill more Russians. Uh, right. And the attitude was, if the Russians want to come here and die, we will, we will afford them that oblige them. We will oblige happily oblige him. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, um, a couple of things that have happened. And by the way, in the next uh, we're, uh, when we take a break in a minute, when we come back. We're going to take some questions since we already have some for you. Um, and because you're so close to the front lines currently, um, I'm sure that will populate even more questions during the break. But um, a couple of funny things that have happened during this that we might consider is that Russia declared the World Wildlife Fund a foreign agent yesterday. Um, but, you know, because they're, you know, they, they target as targets go, they sure can pick them. Um, and at this point, uh, the Russians apparently hit up to date has hit Ukraine with 40,500 plus or minus missiles. Mm-hmm. And the, the strike ratio is shockingly low. 
for, you know, for a country that overwhelms supposedly the country that they're attacking. And, and so the missile defense aspect of this, even though it was, you know, it dragged a little bit last year, it seemed to show up right about the time Russia was shifting to, you know, using more missiles, more long range bombs and long range drones that drop bombs or, or fire missiles. And, uh, it showed up just in time. So while while there's no question that the damage uh, to infrastructure in the West and stuff has been uh, difficult for Ukraine, it's interesting that most of the buildings in Bakhmut and the places around there are not being hit, per se, by missiles, but by regular artillery like you're talking about. And mm-hmm. the, the Russians are uh, they're begging, you know, we know that they've been begging Belarus and you to uh, commandeer a factory to make those kind of things. The Ukrainians aren't expecting to even dip into uh, their hard reserves until July. Yeah. We got to take a break. When we come back, um, more with Philip Bittner and, and your questions at infotainmentwars.com. Jump in the chat and let us know what they are. Johnny Million will uh, lead us through those things when we return. Attention, attention, stop what you're doing. Because we're coming back to the Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Oh my God! They went a little crazy with it, and I appreciate it. Now let's get back with Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Um, we're we're going to jump right into the questions. Johnny Million's going to go through theirs, but there's a bit of breaking news in that less than 24 hours people uh, ago, people were talking about that Bakhmut was going to be seized by the Russians any time now, that it could very well fall. That three days ago, the NATO commander said it's a possibility that it could fall. Now, um, the uh, I, I guess uh, one of the UN people who's overseeing it, uh, you know, who's been looking at it, and the and let's see, the, uh, sorry, U- UK Ministry of Defense actually is the one who said this said that it's now become incredibly challenging for them, and it might have just been effectively a rope-a-dope politically to draw the Russians into thinking they could make a real hard go of it by just sending more men, and it didn't work. And that might be why the operational pause is happening. Um, Let's go with the questions. uh, One other quick thing thing I want to say before we go into questions, though. Uh, When we were going to break, you were mentioning the fact that, you you know, uh, a lot more artillery was used in Bakhmut than, say, missiles or things like that. I I have to stress, every time I come out into the Donbass and I get kind of into the fighting region, it's where you really see the impact of this war. There is Mm -hmm. there's hardly a building, hardly a street hardly a, a town that has not been uh, shelled or, you know, mm-hmm. has been uh, in the midst of some form of combat or another. And it's utterly heartbreaking. Yeah, I will yeah. be posting. I'll be here for about four days in the region. I'll be posting photographs the entire time. So go to my Twitter feed, just simply my name, Philip with one L, Itner with two T's, I-T-T-N-E-R. I will be putting photographs up. Um, uh, I'll be posting stuff, and ultimately I'll be doing a YouTube vlog about this. But it's the thing that always reminds me. We get shot at in, in, in Kiev. We get shot at in Lviv, Odessa, all the towns that I've been in in central and western Ukraine. But when you come out here to the Donbass, 
you really see the devastation and it's disgusting and it's heartbreaking and it makes you wonder why what for there is very little here this is a this is an impoverished part of the country it's there's not a lot of resources and yet the russians have decided that they are going to tear this part of the the country apart and it's it's really it's sad to see the devastation so i just i I urge people to go and take a look at the photos i'll be posting over the next couple of days We'll do. So, questions. Um, all right. Yeah, what do we got, Johnny? All right. So, David Fisher has apparently asked this a few times, and I have not caught it, so I apologize for that. Um, what do we think about sanctioning money managers of Russian oligarchs? Mm. I mean, yeah, sure. Hit hit everything. Hit, hit, hit oligarchs' families. Hit, you know, this is all filthy blood money. It's all, all of it. It's, it's, um, it's also corruption internally within Russia. This is a, this this has brought to the fore so many addition, different issues that that uh, exist when it comes to Russia and 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 the kind of country that's been built in the in the post-Soviet era. Putin's Russia. It's a kleptocracy. It's brutal. It's cruel to the Russian people as well as to the neighbors and in, and to the international community. I mean, there's filthy blood money in London, New York, and Paris. It. it Hit their hit their money managers absolutely hit 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 their you know their offshore accounts hit their hit you know take their yachts uh, take their mansions uh, there's there's no, nothing because there's no oligarch that doesn't have blood on his hands you don't mm-hmm. get to a position of power in Russia unless you are complicit in some way with the system that Putin has established and that system is built on suffering and it's it's and it's built on blood and cruelty so i am all for um you know finding the the people the bagmen and shutting them down and taking everything they've got not a problem in my right. mind also um uh, you know on that in line with that the moving them out of the swift system and the other sanctions would already do that with any western money managers that had been working with them lest they have to shut down their business or whatnot so the, the a lot of those guys their quote unquote money managers at this point are under the table yeah. criminal enterprises and, and implement and implement the magnitsky law wherever you possibly can bill browder's yes, magnitsky right. law which which punishes anybody who benefits from uh from from right. putin's regime so the Mendizzi law kicking them out of swift all of it all of it i'm all right. for it no more kidding around with these people right um go ahead johnny we got, right, so uh, got a question yeah, okay. from i've never said this one out loud b.pe why don't they okay. bring this critical equipment into the uk on the c130j's I presume what you actually mean is sending it into Ukraine, uh, not the UK. Uh, That wouldn't make a lot of sense. Um, Another UK. uh, On C-130s? On C-130s? I mean, the problem with sending in uh, on C-130s is that they're fixed-wing aircraft, and um, they're large, and they're relatively slow. Um, So... I do know that some cargo airplanes have been flying into Ukraine, but not in any vast numbers. Um, But they're, you know... it would be a, a target of opportunity. It's just, mm-hmm. and that's not to say a great target of opportunity, but I mean, it's just a C-130, like a Berlin airlift kind of system, because that's what you'd have to do. Um, it's just better descended by rail. It's safer. Right. More reliable. And and it can be done uh, with a lot more 
uh, it can be done uh, a lot more in secret than than putting an aircraft in the, uh, up in up in the sky in, in Ukrainian airspace because the Russians will see it. Hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, the a lot of it also has to do with the just sheer weight of how much you can yeah. transport. Um, the C one thirty. See, the C one thirty is a fantastic airplane. I've flown right. in C one thirties many, many times. They're great aircraft. <laughs> but the risk to reward ratio is just not worth it. Right. Um, there you go. So hopefully that helps. Uh, yeah, and Johnny Million, I think we got time for a couple more. So yeah, sure, yeah. So Ed's three sure. tech asks, um, "What about? Oh, are you going to make it feel? Yeah, yeah, I'm good." Well, what about J dams and Russian losses at about seventy point three percent? Russian uh, Russian losses of what at seventy three percent? Does it Not say sure. J dam I mean, J dams are, you know, yes, yeah. Let's give the Ukrainians as many J dams as possible. These are kind of penetrative. Uh, 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 air attack yeah. uh, missiles. Yes, absolutely. Give them – look, uh, this is kind of – it's almost the same answer that I'm giving to uh, going after the money managers and stuff. Let's stop doing incrementalism. Let's stop half-assing this thing, uh, right. if I could say that on the air. Um, and, you, uh, you know, let's go for it. Uh, it, it, it. Look, Russia – Putin's Russia is a threat. To, the, to to its neighbors, it's a threat to the global community. Um, uh, you know, it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's time that we really accept the fact that um, that Russia is uh, Putin's Russia is uh, a threat and and needs to be no kid gloves. The, the, and mm-hmm. and they don't. And, you know, look. Uh, you know, back in the day, Reagan took the stance that, you know, the the only thing they understand is strength. Sadly, it's one of the things that that you know that is true. It's, uh, Reagan got that right. I don't agree with a lot of what Reagan did. I remember Reagan's uh, right administration, uh, and I didn't agree with it then. I don't agree with it now. But he got that right when it came to the Russians. You, they do only respond to uh, strength. And they and they themselves, if you really get into a conversation with Russians, mm-hmm. um, they themselves would acknowledge that, that they perceive that that conflict and power relations are perceived very differently in Russia than they are in the Western world. And it is it is right. not just to say I mean, because this is something that the Americans have said about Arabs. This is something that the Americans said about any any enemy. Take your pick. All they understand is strength. But sadly, Due to the way uh, Russia is 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 create has been created as a as a country and as a cultural identity, there mm-hmm. is it's a z- everything is zero sum. Someone wins, right. someone loses, and so we have to we have to convince the Russians that they are the losers in this engagement, and that if they right. continue to act the, the way they do, both uh, you know in their near abroad and globally, um, that they will continue to be losers, and and we have to stand by that and. Um, it's hard, but grow a bit of a spine and, and be be a tough guy um, because right. they won't respect anything else. So, JDAMs, mm-hmm. um, you know, give them yeah. give them everything everything that they want and more. By the way, you know who you know who uh, um, 
you know, co-signs that. Our dear friend Malcolm Nance, who was on the show yesterday, and uh, not only does he send his love to you, but he sends his respect as well. He said at one point, a, listen to everything Philip Bittner has to say. He is. He's a good guy. Did he really? He speaks, yes, he did. He said <laughs> Philip knows what he's talking about. And and he noted he noted that you're doing you know that you're doing it from you know the the sort of personal aspect of it, which is one of the things people miss when they start doing sort of the the football stats aspect of a war right. is the humanity right. that's involved in it. And and what happens when you do that, um, one of my – and we gotta, we got to take a break in about a couple minutes. So we'll have more questions uh, from our chat um, after the next break. But um, one of the things that stuck with me is a lot of people, you know, in the, in the faux uh, um, peace movement that did that little, like, pro-Russia thing in D.C. where, you know, all those folks spoke and Kucinich and that crowd, people who I normally would respect and appreciate but who have lost their minds. I would like to remind them that a lot of them were saying, like, you know, uh, we – you know, peace in this circumstance. They have the Ukrainians have to be brought to the table to force this peace movement forward. And I would say to them that this is precisely the uh, what would I? I mean, I hesitate to call it left wing because I'm not quite sure where they truly stand ultimately. And I uh, that's a moniker that you have to earn. But that they are. This is another version of of fighting a war for oil. That effectively, what they're saying is. In the same way that like uh, right wingers and Trump were saying we should go into Iraq and take the oil or keep the oil and we were going no war for oil, the 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 faux peaceniks on that side were effectively saying we don't we want peace in the world so much that we're uh, will allow Russia's war, we yeah. war for peace. We are you know like they believe that was war for oil. This is war for peace. These people. I understand the is, sentiment. I understand right, the sentiment. Nobody likes oil. war. Right. What my point is is that what, what is oil when you really talk about it? Besides the profits of companies, it's the it, it lubricates society, and we we all run on it. Our entire society. We want to go back to normal. And they were saying, don't fight in oil just to have normalcy. Don't have, don't fight a war just to have dominance and, and comfort. Right. The West wants comfort and all this profit. What's the difference between that and saying let Russia have Ukraine so we can all sit back and not have to worry about a war going on? And that's effectively yep. the same thing. They are the same as the neocons. It's just an inversion of the principle. We'll be back right after this. I know I'm only on one day a week. I get it. I'm going to have to jump on uh, GarageBand and start sawing something together. This is the house bar show. And then a guitar note. And then progressive. And all that. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hey, how? Did you mean something like this? This is the house bar show. And a guitar note. And then progressive. And all that. Yeah, it's going to be good. The House Parks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Yeah, it's going to be good. Welcome. Welcome back to the show. I'm House Parks. Uh, this is House Parks Mega Worldwide. Uh, and um, by the way, uh, with 100% more Johnny Million and Philip Bittner is joining us. Don't forget to follow him on Twitter as long as it lasts at Philip Bittner, one L, two T's. He's got uh, vlogs coming up on his YouTube channel, which is just look up Philip Bittner on there as well, and you'll find them. Um, and uh, we got more questions from the chat room. I was going to jump in and talk to you about the Andromeda, the boat that allegedly uh, left Germany and bombed the Nord Stream pipeline that Der oh. Spiegel, Der Spiegel has tracked, uh, but uh, still, still doesn't know who was on it. And I still think it was a cover for a pig, but we'll talk about that later. Let's go with uh, Johnny. Can you take questions with a cat in your lap, or is it? I think I can. She will get very impatient with me quickly as soon as I start talking. Understood. Um, 
Eric Pierkarski <laughs> has a question. Do you have thoughts sure. about reporting the reporting that Pakistan is preparing to ship back 44 T-80 tanks to Ukraine they purchased back in the 90s? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting story. Um, and, and I'll bring into the, the answer to that story some of my experience when I was when I worked in Pakistan. Uh, I worked for Voice of America for, for one year, which is a whole other story. Uh, I was hoping to get a break out of corporate media and, ter- and turn to, you know, government sponsored uh, uh, media or, you know, like a BBC kind of model. Uh, that right. didn't work out. But anyhow, I did spend a year in Pakistan and Afghanistan as the bureau chief there. And one of the things about Pakistan you have to understand is that there are fluctuating uh, 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 alliances um, <clears throat> with uh, Pakistan because whoever India is currently allied to, uh, Pakistan will be will ally itself like, with its enemy. Right. They're, so yeah, India they're, oh, right. now India has a longstanding history of animosity towards China, uh, but if you know if India were to start receiving Chinese arms. Uh, Pakistan would go to, to 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 Russia or to the United States. Uh, Pakistan is more concerned about India than anything else. That is right. their that is their that's it for them. Um, so it's not fair to say that they have like a hatred of Russia. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's all it's all seen in the through the prism of their conflict with India. So having said all that, get that out of the way. Yes, T-80s, let's have them. Yeah, uh, they were right. sold during the 90s. They're, they're good, good tanks. Uh, they're tanks that I'm sure Pakistan has maintained. Uh, some 44 of them, I think, that they're offering to send here. Um, and those are tanks that the, the Ukrainians are comfortable using. <clears throat> there will and and there and look and there are also tanks that will fit fine into this new doctrine that the uh, that the Ukrainians are training on this combined arms doctrine, which uses all kinds of different um, uh, military assets in conjunction with one another. You can slot you, you can slot in a T eighty as much as you can slot in a, a Leopard one. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, all for it. Uh, again, let, let's let's finish this. Let's get yeah. all the weapons that we possibly can here, and let's finish this war, and let's make sure that Russia never comes back. Never <laughs> so, tries yes. to do this. Yeah, never tries to do never this. Never tries time to again. do this again. And the T eighty is a fine piece of kit. So right. I'm I'm I, I'm all for it. Yes, send them Pakistan. Also, uh, for the record, I want to thank everybody who's super chatting during the show because we, unlike a lot of other shows, don't make people ask, uh, m- make people super chat to get their questions heard. So, in a lot of right. ways, the questions that are coming up, uh, the super chatters are supporting those. So, thank you guys for that. If you've got a question and you want to do the super chat at the same time, knock yourself out. But that's not our standard. And Johnny's doing a uh, bang up job going through them. On a side note, by the As way, always. Uh, Yes, Canada has uh, stopped buying aluminum and I don't want to say tin, but they they've stopped buying uh, aluminum from Russia. Mm. It, it, it's a they put a 200% um, tariff on Russian aluminum uh, imports in the United States. Yeah. We did. And then the EU already blocked steel products last year. Canada is now get, not getting aluminum from. By the way, the primary source of aluminum that's used in the Chinese factories for Teslas Russia. <laughs> so, yeah, no surprise. Yeah. So you wonder why uh, why Elon Musk has Putin on speed dial. So uh, let's grab another uh, question there, Johnny. Yeah, this is uh, kind of a, a request from the Jigmeyer. Uh, please tell Phil to stop giving his locations. The Russians don't play fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
uh, the Russians have bigger fish to fry than me. Uh, and Slovyansk is a big area, and I'm not in Chasivyar anymore. I didn't say anything about it while I was there. Um, I'm, I'm okay. I, uh, my OPSEC is, is just fine. But thank you for the concern. Yeah, every time you say Chasivyar, every time you say Chasivyar, I think of Drago yelling Yasubya in the uh, "I fight for me" <laughs> in uh, in Rocky Four. Yasubya, yeah. Remember that? All right. Anyways, I like I can't get it out of my head. There you go. So Chasivyar. Wow. All right, there we go. He does go, Johnny. Fight for me. He does. So bald Thanos uh, wants to know what Phil feels like uh, or feels about Bobert's being a 36-year-old grandma. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Oh, God bless those lovely hey, the more the merrier. Right. Yeah. As I said. Uh, you know, I mean, and these are the people, and these are the people that think that they can, uh, <clears throat> that they can the um, you know, make a judgment and moral high ground. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Forget right. about it. And by the way, uh, I would like to congratulate the new grandmother on her child, <laughs> her grandchild, and I think it's Grandma lovely. Lauren. And I, yep, absolutely. And Gra- I, Grammy, she, gra- Granny, Bobby, Granny Lauren. She's going to be her Bobby. Bobby. Should, we should come up Bobby, with a name Bobby for Bobby Bobert. Bobby Bobert. Yeah, we'll say that ten times yeah. quick. Your booby when you uh, like everybody's got a nickname for their for their grandma, you know. Sure, so sure, she's yeah. her booba booba her booby. We'll figure it out. Her booba booba. Mine was so, Warden. Warden <laughs> is it really? <laughs> and she ruled with an iron hand. She did absolutely. Every time Johnny left her house, so you had to crawl through the sewers um, for two and a half hours. I did. I won't right. make it on the outside. Dress, Andy. Dress as an accountant. Anyways, yeah. uh, so let's grab another question before we get down a really so silly. So the guitar uh, goddess asks, "Do you think the Russians will run out of men soon?" At some point, yeah. I mean, we're not there yet, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, they are. I mean, they're dying. Uh, 700 to 1,000 Russian soldiers die every day in Ukraine. That's unsustainable. Guacamole. Yeah, Yeah. 700 to 1,000 soldiers die every single day in Ukraine, and that is unsustainable. Now, will they fully run out of of men? Uh, Will they go to the last Russian male of fighting age? No. The the society will collapse before that. But... Mm -hmm. Will they go through, you know, 500,000 men before they finally get it into their thick skulls that they can't win here? I mean, it's happened before. Uh, you know, the, 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 they, they have a uh, preponderance of, 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 you know, uh, losing men that we would never put right. up with in the West. So right. I sadly think it's going. There are going to be hundreds of thousands of more Russians before this is dead. Uh, before dead, before this is over. I don't think the casualty mm-hmm. rates will be anywhere near that in Ukraine. But uh, whereas the Russians uh, will just send their soldiers off uh, to be cannon meat is what they call it instead of cannon fodder. Um, mm-hmm. The Ukrainians will continue to train their men and try and keep them. Uh, safe and uh, you know and 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 the other thing is they will pull wounded Ukrainians off the line, get them into hospitals so that they can recover, and sadly they'll go back to the line. Whereas Russia is not structured that way. We've heard tons of stories of of Russian soldiers if they get wounded just being left behind to to right. bleed out um, for a variety of different reasons. Um, so 
the 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 sad part of it is um a lot more russians are going to die before this is over a lot more ukrainians are as well but ukrainians who die i don't know if you saw this um funeral uh that was conducted in kiev on friday um mm-hmm. for this uh, soldier uh, who's nom de guerre or you know name of war was uh, da vinci um you know this is it's deeply sad but it is also the people that were spoken to at the memorial were like we have to make sure that his sacrifice wasn't in vain. in vain yeah exactly right. we have to do this right and even after the war we have to remember those who died and we have to build the best version of ukraine that we possibly can so hey it's almost you know, like why memorial day and veterans day in the united states has meaning as well beyond just um, what you know who died and who fought but what they died and fought for is a reminder to you and other people when you're doing it to you know recognize the sacrifice was for something and make sure it's worth it and not i don't know charge up the capital steps when you lose and blame somebody else and try to take over the government in a coup because that's you effectively might as well be urinating on all the graves at arlington when you do that uh, mm-hmm. Other than that, I have no opinion. Um, let's, uh, yeah, we got we got a couple minutes before we need to take the uh, our final break. What time? What do you got there, Johnny? I've got from Dee Dee, who's been very kind in today's chat. Uh, she mm-hmm. would like to know, or they would like to know, um, has Phil seen any American troops there? Since my son is in Poland training Ukraine soldiers. Uh, I, I, I presume that what she's asking is, have I seen any U.S. soldiers like on the line or stuff like that? Aside from the foreign lead, uh, the, the Ukrainian uh, foreign legion, um, who are not sanctioned or sent by the United States, those are individuals uh, making individual choices. No, I have not seen any. Uh, uh, it is my understanding that the only uniformed serving members of the United States military that are present in Ukraine are military attaches at the embassy uh, mm-hmm. or at a consulate somewhere, uh, you know, uh, I, th- I believe we have a consulate down in Odessa. Uh, right. <clears throat> but as far as on the front lines, no. Now, interestingly enough, and I posted this on my Twitter feed, um, yesterday as I was driving from Kharkiv uh, to, I'm sorry, from Kiev to Kharkiv, uh, and then down south to Slovyansk, we were driving on that Kiev Kharkiv uh, road, and for the first time in 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 this entire war, I saw a U.S. UH-60 Blackhawk helicopter. Uh, mm-hmm. There aren't a lot of them in country. I think there are only two, so we have a a rare sighting. There is a question of you know do, do, were those Ukrainian pilots or are those U.S. pilots that have been seconded there. The, the blackouts have been given to military intelligence, so I don't know. But it was very interesting uh, to see the Blackhawk flying in operations right. in Ukraine. And I took a quick snapshot. I got it. It was, it was going low and fast. And mm-hmm. I got my camera out as quickly as I could, and I got a shot. Um, it is not the mo- sharpest photograph in the world, but I believe it is the first recorded photographic evidence of a Blackhawk helicopter in operation in Ukraine. And it's mm-hmm. by... Taken by yours truly. So go to my Twitter feed and take a look. Uh, Well done. Well done. Very quick on the draw. Also, um, for the record, um, in war zones like this where the U.S. has, uh, you know, like intelligence support or those kind of things, one of the things we will sometimes do is offer highly advanced technological uh, vehicles, including Black Hawk helicopters and like that are actually for fighting but as transports for very important people because they move so quickly and they have uh, yeah. like and countermeasures. This, is, this was given. 
This was given to yeah. GR, the GUR, which is the the military intelligence service, and it's it you know that would be VIPs. Those are what we call secret squirrel kind of guys, and those need mm-hmm. to be moved around the country quite quickly. And a, and a Blackhawk is a very good vehicle to do that. And one last right. quick thing uh, to Didi, who asked that question. Mm-hmm. Didi, you should be very proud of your son. He's doing he's doing God's work. He is he is. Uh, training people who are fighting for their independence, and he is returning the favor that people like, um, uh, you know, uh, you know the ship, uh, not Chipczyk, but Klimitsky, uh fought in our American Revolution, Polish, Lithuanian, Ukrainian soldiers who came and liberated our country from King George. Your Lafayette. son is doing the same thing, Lafayette. Um, your your son is doing the same thing. He's paying back the favor that we deeply owe to the people of of, of the, that this region who fought in our revolution. So be very proud of your son. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's go. Let's. Uh, yeah, we, we went a little bit over. So we let's got take one a break time right one more. Come back. Oh no, you yeah, want to go? No, okay. no, we got to take a break. Yeah, we're you got the clock. We're well over it. We jumped it. Yep. So we'll be back right after this. It's the Housemark Radio Program, Mega Worldwide now with 100 percent more. Johnny Million and Philip Bittner at Philip Bittner on Twitter. Follow him and also go to his vlog on YouTube. We'll be back right after this. You're locked into the House Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. I um I don't know if this is a fact, but um uh there's some reporting I guess in the chat is mentioning that Jimmy Carter may have just passed. He had uh, returned home for hospice care to uh, live out the you know the remainder of the illness that he was fighting at home, surrounded by loved ones. He may uh, these kind of stories leak out and then don't go. But I think it's never a bad time to remind everybody not only was Jimmy Carter a good and decent human being and a great example for what a a post-presidency should look like, what a general like retirement should look like almost for any human being. The man built houses for Habitat for Humanity. He was a man of faith and honesty. He was a good soul. He was uh, memed by the right for a very long time um, using a uh, you know the financial circumstance that he was in when he took office, and this you know in the 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 battle about oil reserves in the world that was going on at the time was laid at his feet and uh, and used by the Reagan campaign when they were coming in as an excuse uh, to belittle him and the United States itself while they were trying to you know shoehorn Reagan into the White House, and ultimately the reality is. The, the tale that will be told is that Jimmy Carter is one for the history books, period, end of story. If he's still with us, yeah. I love him. And if he isn't, um, I love him. And I uh, I am grateful that he existed in in my lifetime. Um, here, here. Yeah. yeah. So, that, like, I just, uh, like, that needs it's, to be said. There's a, yeah. two days it's ago. It's one of those a, times when somebody who, somebody who passes I mean, none, none of us get out of here alive. It's mm-hmm. it's coming for all of us. But what a what an extraordinary life that man led, and what if indeed he has passed, and uh, and an example for everybody. So yeah, yeah, sad, um, but so, mm-hmm. you know what a great life. Exactly, and I and and, a, and just to the last, as a, yeah. as a human being. Just living a good life to the last. I, I think yeah. that isn't like it's really heartwarming. Like I, I can't. You know what picture of Jimmy Carter I have in my because when I was growing up, and I, you know, we're all basically in the same zone of Gen Xers where we would pride a, a window close at least of of the same kind of a 
experience of him. It's, it's kind of like, you know, 70s hairdo, uh, him and Rosalind, you know, those like teeth. that one, black, black and white pictures in the peanut farm and the kind of gags around that. Yeah. And uh, Dan Aykroyd's masterful bit of Jimmy Carter talking a guy down from an LS, a bad LSD trip. Oh, you have, I don't if you have remember not, that at all. If, yeah, it's if very you have funny. not seen that SNL sketch, it's it, it's really fascinating. And I, I really think it's one of those sketches where we got to make fun of the president because that's what we do here or whatever. But you could tell Dan Aykroyd loved Jimmy Carter as a human being. He, he really did like him. So he's like, how do I make a joke out of this without making a joke out of the man because he doesn't have it coming? And it was one of the best... Ver, ver, uh, versions bit. of that I have ever seen. It is so yeah, funny. No one, can find, it, um, no one can mm-hmm. find backup uh, well, that is true. Carter's story. Yeah. Well, I, I will say that if he lives if, another if, 10 yeah. months and, or 100 years and or they cure what he's got and it's magic and they stem cell him back to life, I don't care. Everything I'm saying about him is absolutely true right, right. now. Here, here. And that's good. Yep. And that's and it's worth saying. Um, there, there is also, but the other picture that I have in my mind, and I'm curious about your guys' take on this, is the one where he's working for Habitat for Humanity with his black eye. Remember when he yeah. fell in the kitchen yeah, and yeah. He, he hurt his eye, and he yeah. went back to building out. He's hammering nails, and and you know mainly because like the screw gun was a bit heavy, but so he was not doing that stuff. But he was hammering nails into a house that somebody lives in right now. Somebody lives in the house that Jimmy Carter, with his black eye from falling over it, and you know at the time 89 years old whatever it was 90 years old hammered nails into your roof that's amazing that's a beautiful thing that 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 place should be a monument and his warning his his warning his warning about you know uh american uh oligarchy uh -hmm. i think was very prescient and 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 something we should be conscious of you know he was he was he, oh, he is if he's still alive, uh, and uh, you know someday he shall be remembered pass. as. Yes. He, yeah, indeed, um, amazing guy, amazing guy. Okay, so uh, we will. Let's hope he's alive. Yeah, let's hope so. But at the very least, yeah. we appreciate him, and it's good. It's worth saying in this moment. It's a it's a good Absolutely. reminder constantly. Here, here. Um, and so uh, let's end with a few more questions, uh, Johnny, if we can. Here's a, because, yeah, here's uh, a Phil- lighter question from Karma Raven. Sola is a Ukrainian food. What does Phil think? Ha! Sallow. Uh, Sallow. Sallow. It's pig fat. We had some in Chicago. Oh, yeah. Yes. It, it is bacon without the It's bacon without the meat, without basically. The meat. It's, without all that it was pesky great. meat. It's just it was pig great. fat. It's it was delicious. Good. It's we delicious. It it's dark bread. Well, yeah. I don't think it's good for you. You and I have had a conversation about that in the past, but uh, I don't care if it's good for you or not good for you. I think it's delicious. I love salad. Especially chopped up with some garlic. Woo, yes. Yeah, the bread's the bad part. It's the I recommend everybody try it. I recommend everybody find a Ukrainian restaurant in their area and go experience the cuisine. And if, yeah. not, if nothing and else, it's just also, also just show some support for your local Ukrainian uh, diaspora, folks. That uh, you know, If you can find a Ukrainian restaurant near you, go check it out. Try some salo mm-hmm. yourself. Try some gulopsi, which is uh, meat in, uh, in uh, cabbage. Uh, it's a cabbage roll, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. Try some fariniki, which are dumplings uh, of a, any different kind of variety. Ukrainian food is um, it's uh, it is hearty. It is it puts meat on your bones for those cold Ukrainian winters, but it's also mm-hmm. delicious. And if you can and if you can get some of the horseradish vodka, try a little of that if you're a drinking person. That's um, great. is what I say when I spill glue. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, go go to your local Ukrainian restaurant. Try out some of the food. You won't be disappointed. Um, and then tweet and up show, and show some love there to both Philip and me and Johnny to all yes, three of please. us. Like a, yes, on our please. Twitter handles and show some love for Ukrainian order. people. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, Johnny, maybe we got, got another one. Yeah. We got another five yeah. minutes yeah. or so. Miss P Dubs, has Ukraine made any strikes into Russia lately? Lately. Uh, yeah. Lately is the operative word in that question. Mm -hmm. I don't think there has been anything that pops into my mind lately. But, you know, they continue to do uh, – there's, there's – uh, there are fifth columnists and there are guys inside Russia uh, who are working on Ukraine's behalf blowing stuff up and that kind of stuff there are the occasional drone attacks there's there's a there's some uh, their own homemade kind of cruise missile uh, that they've shot into Russia but I don't think I can't think of anything that's happened in the last say five days week or so but mm -hmm. it, it, it's imminent it'll always be there because they don't intend on taking any Russian land uh, at least pre-1990 you know um, right. uh, land uh, you know, the dispute is Crimea, whether or not Crimea is properly Russian land or Ukrainian land. And that gets into a whole other bunch of stuff. They do not intend to take any land that was not theirs prior to 1991. I can tell you that there's no interest in Ukraine doing that. But they will attack their factories and they will attack their their military assets within Russia. And if it hasn't happened in the last week, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens, you know, anytime. There was a anytime yeah, soon. so. A week ago, just so people know, there, uh, there was an explosion at a factory about 100 miles. Or right. sorry, there was a, I think a that was the last military one. base. Yeah, it was 100 yeah. miles from there. And then two weeks ago, there was an explosion at a bomb-making factory. Um, mm -hmm. A woman was killed. That I mean, it literally sounds like somebody dropped a bomb on its nose and boom. But uh, yeah. that blew up the factory. And again, you're talking about a munitions factory where they're making the stuff they need and it's they're legit. already behind. They're killing Ukrainians yeah. with it. So it's legit. Yeah. And then they yep, blew sadly. up their own selves in this. But the, the mystery explosion was in Kolomna near Moscow Thursday evening a week ago. Right. State-run news said uh, Roz, uh, RIA Ravosti reported citing the, the city administration. Causes unknown, footage circulation uh, circulating online describing the explosion as being preceded by a loud whistle followed by smoke and a glow. So you can draw from your own beliefs about whether it was a missile or whether it was a – uh, drone attack or whether they ch they fired it themselves by accident because again the russians are scoring on their own goal constantly it's yeah, very weird that's true but they're doing it yeah. okay uh, another question we got a couple minutes left two more minutes probably uh, so zemirman asks should we be worried about the hypersonic missiles russia has been bragging about and siha is no. also asking how bad was the hypersonic missile attack Mm -hmm. No, we shouldn't be worried about it because they have a limited amount of them, and they're going through them uh, faster than they can pr pr produce them. I've been under fire from – I slept through the one in Kiev because it was so early in the morning. But I've been under fire from a hypersonic missile. I got it uh, when I was in Odessa. It's a very odd uh, feeling, and it is, it is terrorizing. It is, it, is, it is a completely different kind of munition. It hits with such a, a, a strong impact because of the speed in which it's going um, that it has a very – odd uh kind of impact result um and it's it's really disturbing it's it's very upsetting but, but should we be worried about them in terms of uh some sort of larger strategic uh aspect no not really can we get mm -hmm. one more quick one in you think i think we yeah, can yeah. do it come on johnny do it. 
Yeah, so uh, David Zapin asks, does China hope for better access to Ukraine food stuff? I mean, sure. After this is all said and... After this is all said and done, I mean, unless they start providing weapons, they did some sort of they did some sort of uh, symbolic thing where they said they were going Ron. to uh, they were going to like fix some things and send them back uh, to Russia. But they're not going to be providing weapons, and as long as they don't cross that red line, after this is all said and done, yeah, I mean, Ukraine's going to be uh, in business again, and they're going to want to sell stuff. They'll sell them to, to China, and if China yeah. wants to buy, food their, is, their money's food as good medicine. as anything else. Yep, food and medicine are not a problem. Um, that'll, that brings us to the end of the show. I really appreciate Philip being here. He'll be with me hopefully again on Wednesday. We'll try to track this out. And, uh, keep, keep watching my Twitter. I will be reporting from the Donbass in the frontline area and the combat zone for the next several days. So Excellent. Follow along. And I will, and I will also be uh, – I've got a uh, – Tuesday's the jam, so I don't have a sh- uh, show that day or whatever. But at some point, Johnny Million and I are going to be on his live stream. We're going to figure that out as well. We'll oh, announce yeah. that soon. Um, uh, Ron Filipowski will be on my morning show um, on the live stream on Monday morning. He's my guest then. And then uh, Philip, and then a surprise guest on Friday. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Chicago. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Take Chicago. care of yourself. Thanks, Take care everybody. Of else. Bye.